Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, or you can find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We hope that you have a happy holiday. Thank you again for joining us. I'll be back on OnSideRadio.com on Monday, so took the rest of the week off there, but you can check me out there for all the latest South Florida sports content, the heat, but not just the heat. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com, fully operational during the holiday, we don't let Brady sleep, so he's in there getting the gifts for Santa, but at the same time, he's pumping out heat stories. So check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You might want to have a few of these during the holiday. Biscayne Bay Brewing, that's the official craft beer of Inner Miami, the Miami Marlins, and Five Reasons Sports. This is South Florida's actual independent brewery. Biscayne Bay is loaned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. Can't wait for the watch parties when COVID lifts. These guys are committed to our community and supporting five reasons sports. So we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. If you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff. They got a lot of it, but here's three of them. Marlins Lager, Miami Pale Ale, and the Tropical Bay IPA at major retailers throughout South Florida and at major restaurants. So make sure you ask for it. It's the beer we're drinking at five reasons sports. Biscayne Bay Brew. And now, today's holiday episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander with me for the first half of the episode. Second half of the episode, I got a chance to talk to executive vice president of the Miami Heat, charge of marketing and other things, Michael McCulloch. He and I spoke. He's been on the pod before, but we spoke about a few things, including the uh, the new jerseys. Um, so we'll get into that and kind of where that's headed. Also, fans in the stands, when can we expect that? And a lot more of the social justice initiatives that the Heat are involved with. So stick around for the second part of the pod for that. But Greg, you ready? We're going to play concerned or not concerned. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So we're going into this Christmas Day game. Noon. Heat fans have been freaking out on the timeline all day. Alex and I will be at the game. He's gotten a chance to be there already to see what this is like. I haven't. So this will be my first experience uh, since this season started. He went to one of the preseason games. But here we go. Concerned or not concerned. Today, Eric Spolstra emphasized that Tyler Hero is not the point guard in the starting lineup. I was a little surprised he said this. He said Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler are the point guards, so to speak. One's a center, one's a forward. In the starting lineup, are you concerned about ball handling in the starting lineup if Tyler Hero is in it? Ultimately, no. I feel like if if the biggest issue is Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo need to clean up a little bit of the turnover stuff, and that makes the offense look a lot different. Uh, we've seen that those guys can do that on the highest stake, uh, you know, the highest level. So, I mean, I, I think that ultimately they'll get there and it's just kind of cranking up and these, this is the preseason still for these guys. So I'm not overly concerned. I think that if you, if you look at it through the lens of Tyler hero being the, the, true point guard creator um, engine of the offense, then it would be a different conversation. But since Spoke clarified what I think we all already knew, but definitely he put a bow on it that, uh, you know, Hero is not the point guard. So if Jimmy and Bam aren't turning the ball over, I think things look a lot different uh, going into Christmas. Yeah, I think the one thing to consider is Tyler Hero is not replacing Goran Dragic in the starting lineup from last season. He was replacing Kendrick Nunn. 
So unless you felt that Kendrick Nunn was a true point guard, I don't really know what the difference is. I mean, I think Hero has a little bit more creation to him even at this stage, but he is a little looser with the ball. He's got to get tighter with the ball. Early in that game, I thought there were a couple of the turnovers for Bam and Jimmy that were actually caused by Tyler. There was another one that Jimmy kind of saved by getting on the floor. Tyler could have had six or seven turnovers in the first half. He's got to tighten up with his ball handling, but also they've got to take some of the burden off of him. And of course, when he plays with Dragic, he won't be handling quite as much. All right, let's get to number two. You mentioned it. Um, the turnovers yesterday, particularly from the top two players. Again, I felt Tyler contributed to some of those, but Bam and Jimmy concern or not concern. Never concerned about Bam and Jimmy. I mean, I, I don't know how else to go. Like, I, I feel like uh, Jimmy Butler, the, if you're going to talk about something that I'd be more concerned about, it would be uh, maybe his ankle. Because, you know, he, I think that there he's rounding into form. Bam Adebayo looked great offensively in other ways. So I think it's just cleaning up the turnovers there. So uh, I'm never concerned about Jimmy and Bam. If there's one thing we're sure about, I know that there's a lot of debate amongst Heat fans on trades and, and signings and draft picks. But the one thing we can all agree on is there's nothing to be concerned about with Butler or Adebayo. Here's the only thing I will say about Bam, though. At times, Bam can be a little loose with the ball. Um, I, You know, Jimmy, I think the turnovers last year that frustrated people were the drives to the basket and the pitches back over his head when you're like, why don't you just lay the damn thing up? I, I think those got to Heat fans. But generally, I don't think Jimmy's sloppy with the ball like a lot of stars are. But look, Bam's the only big down there a lot for the Heat. And so the other bigs are going to converge on him. You've got active hands coming in from the perimeter. He's got to get that down a little bit. You know, three turnovers a game. Okay. You know, in, in certain circumstances, that makes sense. You know, LeBron used LeBron and Dwayne used to talk about good turnovers and bad turnovers. There's a certain number that just come with the territory because the ball's in your hands so much. But Bam, for as much as Bam is asked to do, he's not asked to do as much as Dwayne and LeBron were. So getting the turnovers to three or under he starts having those four five six turnover games that's too much all right let's get to the next one concerned or not concerned this is going to be in two parts just for this game are you concerned because i'm concerned about mo harkless in the starting lineup against a team that has a front line of steven adams zion williamson and brandon ingram one of the biggest front lines in the league Absolutely. Yes. I am concerned about Harkless guarding Zion. Um, I, I almost would be concerned about Harkless guarding uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, but Zion in particular, uh, there were moments that KZ and it obviously didn't end necessarily so well with that matchup KZ and Zion, but there were moments where his length kind of looked like it bothered him enough where he could stand up and have some possessions against him. We haven't seen Harkless guard up. You've alluded to it on the Twitter timeline about what Jay was able to do. This is a, a, a matchup where Jay Crowder could probably survive in spurts. And I don't know that Mo Harkless can. And I don't want to get too down on him because I think that there is ultimately going to be a role for him. But it's just tough that he opened up the way that he did in Orlando and now gets the Christmas Day national TV matchup against Zion, who you know is going to be looking to show out. To, to that end... Would you, and I know you don't want to be adjusting as a, as a coach rotation, you know, starting lineups after the first game of the season, would you start Myers, Precious, or KZ in this game? I mean, the Heat fan in me says start Precious and let's just get that train rolling, but I think it's unrealistic. I don't, I don't see Spolstra changing the starting lineup. I think that that would indicate that he 
is adjusting to other teams, whereas he thinks he probably can get to a cleaner offensive uh, game plan to where teams adjust to them. So I think that that's what he probably would hope for in game number two of a regular season. So I don't see him overcorrecting and changing the starting lineup. I've been wrong before. So I think that it's probably we're going to see him try to get it right with Harkless out there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they have to go bigger sooner. And I don't know what that looks like because it was just baffling to see no Myers Leonard. Um, so maybe he gets a spurt against Steven Adams, who's probably the strongest player in the league. All right. Now let's go to a broader concern. The Heat brought in two veteran players this offseason, one of whom didn't play in the bubble at all in Avery Bradley because he opted out of it. He was with the Lakers. He helped them during the regular season. He wasn't there for the championship run. Um, he didn't really look good in his one preseason stint, didn't play in the other one. And then we've mentioned Harkless and kind of where exactly does he fit on this team? Are you concerned at all about Miami's offseason acquisitions? I mean, at face value, I think you'd have to be some level of concerned uh, just because you would hope guys – just the history they've had with guys kind of coming in and hitting the ground running. You don't necessarily always know which guy it's going to be that does it, but someone always does. And obviously it's one game, so we shouldn't overreact. But I will say, if you're looking at what Harkless, you know, did in game one and in the preseason two, Avery Bradley, also his entire heat body of work and Myers Leonard, when you're looking at that being essentially, um, you know, most of your off season to a degree, it is a little, concerning that you're not getting any primary production and i think eventually you will the the weird one is myers and i understand that mm -hmm. they weren't operating with cap space so it's not like they could have allocated his nine million dollar salary to a completely other player but it would keep you farther away from the tax line and i i just it's kind of just a weird situation there with avery bradley and harkless i think that this is really something that's not being talked about enough I just don't think that they're in Miami heat shape yet. Yeah, I think Bradley I being out and Harkless yeah. has alluded to it in, in comments to the media. I just don't think that they're there yet. Last one here. And then we'll get to the interview with Michael McCulloch. I'm looking at the heat schedule. They're zero and one in a game that we thought was a winnable game. Bucks twice at the Mavericks thunder who are down Celtics at home at the wizards at the Celtics at the Sixers at the Sixers before they catch a little bit of a break with two against the Pistons and then two at the Raptors, which is in Tampa, two at the Nets, Nuggets, and Clippers. Are you concerned about a bad start? I mean, definitely when you rattle off that schedule – I'm concerned. I think that there's a lot of games where you talk about teams that we think improved or just have superior matchups or, or, or just teams that have, when you've seen them play uh, to start the season, they look like they're going to be tough matchups, but you know what? It allows the heat to really kind of temperature check the roster and is the cohesive stuff and talking about continuity. Um, how much, how far does that let you go? Do you get itchy with the uh, trigger finger on a trade or, you know, it, so I, I just think all things are in play, but I would be concerned with that initial starting uh, schedule. I think that there is a, a measured approach to this season from the heat in particular, when you see them go as a four slash five seed and make the finals, I think that it's ingrained and then that they can probably make a deep run regardless. So they're going to be hesitant to push guys if Jimmy's ankles hurting, um, stuff like that. Uh, it's just, I think it's things to watch. So I wouldn't overreact, but um, there is a potential for a slow start here. I hate to say that. 
Yeah, there's a potential for a significantly slow start. And my concern about it is you build off the momentum of last year and then it all collapses early. And I think uh, the thing that it suggests is, you know, the Miami Heat are a finals team. They're not a fluke team. But at the same time, when you start looking at matchups and start getting concerned, they're not a dominant team either. I mean, a lot of things are going to have to break right for them again. And that is one reason why, you know, there's a little concern, I would think, about A, the short rest that they had after the finals, but B, the very short preseason. And even though you do have continuity with a lot of these players, if you're going to be doing a lot of tinkering here over the first two to three weeks, you may lose a couple games here in the process. I'm not saying that happened in game one, but the closing lineup was odd. I'll just put it that way. I mean, not getting Dragic in until the very end, having Olenek in for all those minutes. There were some surprises. If there's going to be a lot of surprises early, there might be a couple games lost. And then all of a sudden you're five and seven. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you're five and seven. You've lost the momentum from last year. So I would say on that one, I am somewhat concerned. All right. We're going to get to our interview here with Mike McCullough in a minute. But first, the NBA season has started. you got to go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. This is the new daily fantasy game. It's a lot of fun. They give you the number. You just go over or under. That's all you got to do. You pair players together from different teams. You can do this NFL this weekend. You can do this for college football when the bowl games start. But also, you really can do it for NBA. So just go check it out. That's all you got to do. Go to prizepicks.com. Enter the code 5. You want to make a $20 deposit just to give it a shot and then see how it works. And I guarantee you, you're going to get hooked because we've got some longtime DraftKings players in our network and they've switched. So make sure you check out prizepicks.com. Use the code FIVE for bonuses. You'll have a good time with it and hopefully you'll make some money. All right. Next, my interview with Michael McCulloch. Welcome back on five on the floor on the five reason sports network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. As we have done before, we go straight to the heat for some of the initiatives that they're doing off the court. And the best guy for that, of course, is Mike McCulloch. He is an executive vice president, also the chief marketing officer. I got that right. I remembered it. I repeated it. I didn't even go with the abbreviations this time. So we appreciate Michael coming on the program here. We do want to get to some of these initiatives. We're going to start here because, you know, I don't want this to get lost. You know, every, went into the bubble last year. Obviously there was a lot of social unrest in the country. And then, you know, it was spotlighted during the bubble season. The heat got all the way to the finals. So the heat fans got to see it with black lives matter on the court and, you know, the names on the, the slogans on the back of the jerseys, etc. cetera. Um, but now a couple of months have passed and it's not on the news on a daily basis. Like it was before the election is over. Things have changed a little bit. There's a COVID vaccine. So I don't want this to get lost in it. But there has been a lot that has been done here in the offseason and leading into the season with the Heat on the social justice initiatives. Um, one of the things that happened here, and we'll talk about, was a donation by the Arison Foundation of over $4 million to offset food insecurity uh, throughout the world's central kitchen and feeding South Florida. But can you talk about, Michael, about some of the impetus behind that, but also some of the other initiatives related to some of the restaurants uh, around South Florida? Sure, Ethan, and thank you, first of all, for having having me on and, and keeping the, the conversation going about our social justice efforts, because it's important. Because as you mentioned, it's, um, you know, we're, we're not in the bubble anymore and, and things have changed and we would we would like very much to keep the conversation going. So, you know, when we when we made our pledge um, after the, the, the murder of George Floyd, that pledge contained a lot of things. We, there were a lot of things that we said we were going to do and we said about you know, putting those plans into action and, and what you're referring to with these most recent donations uh, are just, um, you know, the latest example of, of what we're doing to put our words into action. So the, uh, the, the Mickey and Madeline Arison Family Foundation and the Miami Heat have, you know, donated um, 
you know, close to $4 million, or actually $4 million to both World Central Kitchen and Feeding South Florida. And the impetus behind both of those things are really to, to address the issue of food insecurity in uh, predominantly black and brown uh, communities. Uh, and also via World Central Kitchen, this, this initiative is, is targeted specifically at black owned restaurants. So we can not only uh, employ uh, people at those black owned restaurants, uh, but, but make sure that they're able to feed uh, the people that are in their neighborhoods and in their, in their communities. So you know, we, we pledge to put money behind black owned businesses and to support those businesses that sometimes uh, get hit the hardest. Uh, so this is just an, a, a, another way that we are putting our, our words into action to support our pledge. And, and to that end also, um, I know that uh, Mickey is also on a commission with the league, correct? Can, can you get into some of that and, and what his role might be there? A absolutely. Uh, Mickey Arison is one of the few owners that is on the, the NBA's new social justice coalition board. And what that board is going to be doing is uh, they're going to be responsible for determining what the NBA is going to be doing with uh, foundation funds that, that, they, that they have raised. Uh, you know, each team made an initial commitment of $10 million and the, uh, the NBA is also going to be um, trying to tap into their uh, corporate partners and others to, um, to donate to that fund. And what the NBA is going to be doing is figuring out um, how they could best use those dollars to, uh, to approach those social justice issues that they talked about. And having, having Mickey Arison uh, on that initial board is, is really important. Uh, I think, you know, Mickey really wanted to sit on that board and um, he, he wanted a seat at the table when those decisions were being made. And it's just another, another example of the commitment that, that he has made personally and what he has done for both the Miami Heat and, and via Carnival to try to address, address these issues. Let's get to the next part of, uh, of your job. And obviously that's marketing the team. We, we spoke about this a lot in the bubble and how things were going to be different as the team was going in there, as they were heading into the playoffs. I don't think even the most optimistic uh, of heat employees necessarily thought that it was going to go to six games of the NBA finals and the team would be showcased the way that it was. Uh, but obviously a big part of what you do with the heat is the branding, uh, the heat culture brand. Even I, I know Pat even referred to it at a recent press conference about how that made you happy. Uh, that, that's got so much national attention. Uh, but beyond that, obviously, is what the players are going to be wearing. Uh, you release the, the vice versa jerseys. Uh, can you speak to to that? I know there was a lot of stuff that was out there on social media that may not have been accurate at first. That stuff tends to leak. And I, 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 could you address that? What is that like for you? Because I know you follow social uh, when you see things that may or may not be the next iteration. And again, what's happening with vice well, versa? Uh, I'm glad you asked about that because it's, it's interesting. We, we have taken the tact of, you know, basically until we say that's real, it's not real. And so, you know, a lot of things leak and everything and people start posting and they want us to comment on it. And we just don't, we just ignore it. And, um, and the reason why we do that isn't because like we're putting our heads in the sands like ostriches. It's because when we want to finally release what we want to release, it's an entire campaign. And, you know, it has a look and it has a feel and, um, you know, it has this emotion behind it. And that's when we want to talk about it. So, you know, you're never going to see us post, you know, a, a hollow body shot. That's what those things are called. Like when, when, when the invisible man is in the uniform, like we're never going to post that. Like, you know, so when something like that gets posted, we just ignore it. 
Um, and we just wait for our own, you know, uh, campaign to start. And when our campaign begins, that's when our fans know that this is the real deal. Um, most of the time, those leaks, you know, sometimes they have it mostly right. Sometimes they have it partly right, but they don't have it in the way in which we're going to present it to them. So until we do that, it's not real. Um, and, and since we've launched Vice Versa, it's, it's, it's just been amazing. You know, this is the final chapter in the Vice saga. And uh, it, is, it is just proving to be incredibly successful, even with the production issues and the timings. Like, you know, we're, we, we launched with no uniforms, no jerseys to actually be purchased in store or online. Like you, you couldn't buy the thing and, and get it in two days like you normally do from us. So we had our challenges, but our fans have shown a, 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 a incredible appetite for this vice versa uniform and all of the merchandise that surrounds it. You know, Ethan, this is the, this is the largest kind of merchandise campaign that we've had surrounding the Jersey uh, with this last unit, with this last uh, iteration. So it has really just taken off and I, I, I love it. I, I actually went to the store the other day uh, for the first time, cause you know, we're not really supposed to be going out that much. And, and what struck me was, this is gonna sound strange to you, but what struck me was how beautiful the store looked. And these colors are, you know, this, 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 this purple and the blue and the black and the white, when you merge them all together, like that's what I walked in there and I said, wow, the store looks beautiful. That's a marketing guy being overcome by, by you know, his own campaign. <laughs> <laughs> but it just looked beautiful with all this Vice Violet, um, you know, that was in there. Just, just a really cool looking uh, arrangement. So I'm, I'm super happy with how this is being received. And just so we're clear on, on some of this other stuff, because obviously there's been a lot of jerseys that have been out in circulation in recent years. Is anything being, because this question gets asked all the time, is anything being retired this year? And is there anything that we saw before that we won't see again? Um, how do I answer that? Um, nothing's being retired like this year. Like mm. this is the last iteration of, you know, new vice Jersey. So that's, that's what's happening this year. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything in particular is being retired this season, but you know, this is the last of the new vice uniforms for us. Gotcha. Let's get to the next part of this. Cause obviously the place that a lot of fans like to wear the jerseys is at the arena itself. Um, the note went out to season ticket holders uh, that the fans would not be in the stands here at American airlines arena. I know they're limiting, they're letting some media in. So some of us will be there, but obviously that's a little bit different this time as well. I just spoke to Eric Reed of five on the floor about how it's even different for him not being able to go down to the floor and say hello to Karan Butler, who he's known now for 15 years, you know, as, as a new heat assistant, you can't even just go say hello to Karan. Cause obviously we're living, living in a different time now. Uh, the note that Eric Woolworth sent out to season ticket holders essentially said not in 2020, but I'm optimistic about 2021, although no exact point. Can you speak to that? Uh, you know, what more is there to say about it in terms of when and, and, and what are the protocols that you guys have to go through before there's a comfort level letting, letting fans back in? Because we do see, I guess, six arenas around the NBA. They are in some limited capacity, including the one up in Orlando. So I'm just curious when you guys will feel you're comfortable that you're at that point. Well, you know, Ethan, what I what I'd say about that is that we are um, exhausting every um, angle and opportunity to make sure that our players, our staff, our fans, um, when they come back to the arena, will be safe, and people will be comfortable with the protocols that we do put in place. So um, we we are exhausting, like I said, every effort to to both um, 
you know, all the things that you think about when you think about this health and safety from, you know, disinfecting and wiping down and keeping people separate and all that sort of stuff, but also trying to be innovative and finding ways that, you know, we can um, test as late as possible um, or, or provide clearance as late as possible to, to allow as many people as possible to, to, to watch our games when we do open the doors. So uh, as Eric mentioned, you know, 2020 calendar year, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but we're hopeful that in, in 2021, that we will be able to, you know, welcome fans back into the arena. And um, yet you're right, there are other arenas that, that are welcoming fans back in some capacities. And, and you know, our, our feeling is that, you know, we, we, when we open the doors, we want to open the doors to as many people as we can safely open the doors to. So that, that's our goal. And again, to be clear on that, you know, you guys want fans there. So this idea that, that you know, you're holding back for no good reason uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's first you want it there for the experience, but secondarily, it's good business to have fans in the arenas. There's no incentive for you not to have fans there other than the safety of the fans. And so, so I, you know, I, I, I just want to be clear on that because when that message came out, there was some frustration. Well, why can Orlando do it? And why can't Miami do it? And again, you're in the same state. Maybe some of the rules are the same in this state, you know, Orlando to Miami, but the circumstances uh, in the particular building, in the particular market, may be a little bit different, right? I mean, th that's basically what you're getting at. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we've, we've always really kind of taken the tack that, you know, we, we know what's happening in our market and in our building and what other teams and what other buildings are doing. I mean, clearly we're aware of them. We sit on conference calls and, and all that sort of thing, but everybody makes decisions for their own, their own reasons. And um, yeah, we want fans in the building. I mean, how great would it would it be if we you know get ourselves back into the finals and we got a full building, as opposed to you know what we what we had to how we had to experience the finals last year. So, no question, our goal is to get that building back uh, full of of Heat fans. Um, and as soon as we can do that in a safe manner, in which you know we feel comfortable um, that our fans will feel comfortable, then then we're going to do that. Uh, but but not until. Gotcha. Uh, the only other question I got asked is when fans get back in there, will there be an Eastern conference champion banner that's raised? Uh, that banner will be there before fans get back in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you'll watch our game on Christmas day. And if you look upwards and you'll probably see that banner hanging there already. All right. I'll make sure to snap a picture of it. All right. Michael McCulloch, executive vice president, chief marketing officer of the Miami heat. We like doing this with you periodically. So hopefully we can do it again. Thanks for the time, Michael. You got it, Ethan. Happy to come on. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.